You're listening to the Rookie Investor Podcast. Today, this episode, we're talking about where we're investing in 2020. Gareth, a few more weeks in our... We're back in the roaring 20s. Yeah. Well, not yeah. us personally because we weren't no. around back then. No, but we will be Maybe in the future were. roaring 20s. Uh, if you ever watch any movies <laughs> in the 80s, um, we should be flying cars by now. Uh, we should be able to de- dehydrate or rehydrate pizzas <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. in an oven. And I'm always looking out for that sporting almanac. It's somewhere. I know it's somewhere. <laughs> Apparently, um, there was um, a, a famous article written. It said, uh, the f- in the future, we wanted flying cars, but all we got was 140 characters. <laughs> oh, lovely, we just, we just went with social media. And, lovely. And we that's put what all we... our brains into talking <laughs> nonsense and sharing cat photos. Isn't it amazing? Um, just a quick uh, word of advice warning. We are um, creating, producing this podcast outside. We thought we'd go outside for once. So we're in um, a back garden. So there is a little bit of wind. So you may get a little whistle uh, through the recording. But um, it's not too bad at the minute. And we thought we needed some air. We were locked in the dungeon for so long. Um, <laughs> we're out away. now. And and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're loving the sunlight. But anyway, so let's, yeah, 2020. We thought we'd do a bit of a an early sort of session on, on opportunities in 2020 for investment because everyone's talking about the end of 2019, but Christmas is actually a bit of a quieter period, isn't it, for people investing, oh, for things well, happening, because everything begins to shut down. And Well, one of my, uh, one of my coaches told me, he said, um, Australia shuts down from Melbourne Cup to Australia Day. Yeah, we pretty much just true. go into autopilot. We're true. just hanging out for the holidays. True, there's and, one holiday after the next. And, after and if you're listening from overseas, I know it's a bit different in Europe, but Australia really does shut down until about the middle of January. Yes, like trying to yep. go out to a nice restaurant or go anywhere early January. Most of them close down for three or four weeks, whereas yeah. I know overseas it's it's not like that. For at no, all. it's back in it's, pretty um, much early <laughs> New Year. No, that's right. Actually, so, so you really know you're completely different. right. It's. Definitely, there's a bit of a slowdown. So we thought we'd grab everyone's attention now and go through really what we think are some opportunities. That's not all of the opportunities that are out there, but it's looking at a couple of key areas that we think will influence investing in 2020. So let's kick straight into it. The first one, um, we have spoken. We've actually done a whole episode on this before, um, and we're not in any way doomsayers, but you know the recession or a potential, <laughs> a potential recession, recession, I should say, yeah. So, what opportunity does that bring? What does it mean? I suppose. As I said, we've covered this in another. Worth we listen to our other podcasts, but we just thought we'd bring this back into the fore. Bring it back in terms of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's a lot of a lot of experts love claiming that they can predict a recession. And what they usually do is say for five years beforehand that a recession's <laughs> coming, a recession's coming, and then it happens, and they claim that they're some kind of genius. Even though a recession. Um, you know, technically it's not even a recession, it's just a market dropping a bit. But recessions happen, they go in cycles, but I'm, I'm going to call it and I'm saying there's not going to be a recession in 2020. Oh. And my logic being is there is a um, there's a US presidential election yeah. in about 12 months' time. And I think the only thing that Donald Trump can really hang his hat on is the economic and stock market performance um, over his term in presidency. So I think going into that, leading up to that, he's going to do everything that he can to keep that up to date. He's going to want to build his legacy. He's want to go go into that election with a stock market and an economy that's doing well, and he's going to do what he can. Interesting. Uh, or, or what, yeah, what he's able oh, to keep that intact. Yeah. So Look, I think that's my, my take on uh, it. Yeah, I agree on Trump in terms of what his um, main uh, sort of success area has been. But... The other thing that I have in my mind is that there's been a lot of very um, uh, all over the shop 
figures and graphs coming out in terms of stock markets around the time of Trump because he's so erratic. Mm. The market seems to almost overreact all the time. And I, I just get a sense that that may lead into some trigger that results in a recession. The other thing is, um, and it's very much Trump style, which is a lot of it is lying. We don't know what the really <laughs> underlying situation is. So we don't actually know. There are figures that come out, but, you know, what's actually happening on the ground? Because the way Trump would portray it is everything's amazing, everything's beautiful. But actually, is there weaknesses? Well, there are weaknesses in the U.S. economy. They haven't really fully recovered from that that recession. I don't think they've really fixed a lot of the structural issues. Um, now, yes, there are, certainly the economy did seem to be going very well and unemployment was down. But, you know, is that under threat? Is that, un, is that, is that Are those employment figures based on things like people working a number of part-time jobs and that seems to be the case so there's there's just all these underlying things happening I, I, you know no, I that's suppose the thing, though. we won't know that we won't know going that, into true. an election true year, no that, that's true. that'll be manufactured that will all be kept down true and i suppose that's ultimately true. it's if we're talking about a, um if we're talking about investors and stocks it's it is all about what people the information people know and making a decision on that so that's all kept i suppose you're right it's then very unlikely a recession it, would it, it may be the back end of 2020 depends what happens in the um the campaign itself yeah depends what crazy when is it november is this? yeah it's yeah. about 12 months away yeah um yeah God. i'm already tired of it there's already been about, <laughs> there's already been about 15 debates on both sides. well not on the republican side as much but the democrats have had well, about, the thing is that yeah they go through and five, do their five. yeah it's an incredible it's system it's exhausting like it's some system that you have to start start <laughs> a month before just to pick the candidates or whatever but interesting so taking that then i suppose the question in your view phil is what what would you see as potential opportunities during an election year is it a time to hunker down and invest in household stocks and invest in the sort of stocks and the sort of businesses you would in a recession is, you know, because nothing's going to be happening much. Is it a time to try those risky moves because you've got a little bit of safety? Like, what, what, what do you think that means in investor terms? Yeah, so I think, again, follow it closely because if he gets re-elected, then I think the market's going to continue to do to do well. Yeah. Uh, he just seems to be, uh, you know, whether it's truthful or not, he knows how to uh, position himself as an economic manager. He does, um, yeah. yeah. Being the entrepreneur, cracking yeah. down on... Um, you know, international deals. And, yep. uh, you know, he said that all along. He read his books from the 80s or 90s. He said he'd do that. He'd negotiate ruthlessly. Yeah. Um, and again, the stock market is all based on like a popularity contest in the, the short term. True. If everyone's confident in the president that he's getting returns and he's yep. negotiating better deals, it's going to go up. But um, yeah, there is some, some opportunity for some of that riskier stuff, particularly some of those IPOs, which we might go into um, in a minute. I yeah. think the tech stocks have still got a bit of time to run. Yep. Um, but it's definitely an opportunity to start. Well, what I'm starting to do is look at companies that have a bit more cash and that have uh, minimum kind of debt. Yeah. Um, just starting to, um, you know, starting to make that sort of shift in the portfolio. Not particularly selling anything. I'm just stocking up on cash for opportunities yep. um, as well in case anything happens. And is that that's what um, you cover that as part of the masterclass, don't you? Yeah. So in the masterclass, there's all these sorts of things. Just just to mention because it's worth. If you are looking at investing now, um, it's worth getting that education out because there will be opportunity for sure in, oh, in, in 2020. This is, it's going to be a big year. And we're going to talk about the IPOs as well. There's some really big opportunity there. But the masterclass, you know, you, you cover all these sorts of topics, looking at companies and how to value companies and looking at what their cash flow is and things well, like that. Well, we do that. I, I walk people through a step-by-step um, process in a video so you can stop, pause, implement and come back. Mm. And we come up with a fair value or a fair price for that stock, which is really important particularly if the market drops, because 
Um, you know, if we've got Apple trading at $230 and we have a fair value of 200 bucks, we know if the market dips and it goes below that, then it's a good good buy under that $200. So it's really important coming up to those values. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, go to cheekyinvestor.com forward slash masterclass. You yep. can sign up and, yep. and get right into the detail of yep. learning that. Incredible training. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll put a link in the in the podcast description after this on that. And, of course, a link for our website as well. Um, you mentioned IPOs. And I think it's really interesting. This 2019 was seen as the year of the IPO. I think it was like, uh, well, there was sort of, uh, was there about 20 something sort of big IPOs amongst them? Probably lots of other small ones. Yeah, it's like uh, huge, huge, interest, huge. Yeah, interest. yeah, yeah, yeah. All some very big players that have really established themselves. 2020 is likely to be bigger based on the information we have. And it's there's an interesting mix of companies. <laughs> and we'll chat through. Um, there's about 10 that I think we'll just have a quick chat through because I think it's worth diving into them a little yeah, bit yeah. just to give people a bit of a feel for <laughs> what you might want to look out for. I would certainly say IPO is an opportunity. A lot of mainstream financial uh, consultants, advisors, people on the TV say, oh, don't go near IPOs. They're a massive risk. Just look at what happened to Facebook when they you know, when they <laughs> launched. Just look at look, look what happened to Uber. But IPOs are a, a, a really, really good opportunity for people that have the knowledge and understanding to gain income and to gain uh, wealth, really to build their wealth quickly, to be honest, like to double or triple your money quite quickly, in all honesty. Um, but the key with the IPOs is not, not listening to what the press is saying. I mean, the mainstream press, because yeah. a lot of times they'll be big enough, the companies that are big, you need to do your own assessment or at least understand how you can analyze these companies, which is what Phil was talking about with looking at, at valuations and things like that. Um, and that's something that we'll be covering to the, in 2020. We're going to jump on when IPOs are coming up. And I think it's really worth us talking about it, you know, one or two and saying, look, where we think things are heading with them. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. But um, the first one I want to say, we thought it was going to go this year. It's likely to go next year, which is Airbnb. Yeah, I was looking looking forward to that one. Um, massive. I kind of like this. I only got involved in one IPO this year, and that was Pinterest. Because uh, it, it just meets that methodology. I, I know what the business does and I know how they make money. And I think they're a clear market leader without a lot of competition. And I think Airbnb meets that yeah. criteria as well. When, when you're looking at other places to um, to get that kind of accommodation, not, not too many come to mind on a global scale that do it. And, and they're just growing their, um, their product range. They've got luxury now. They do. Like a, massive luxury they're doing experiences there i'm sure they'll click into cruises they've got this whole area that they've got this audience that they can sell to and just so, increasing yeah. that value per customer yeah massively like yep. you said yep. you book a place for 100 bucks a night and then you're doing a cooking class and then you're yep. doing a walking tour yep. and absolutely so, yeah so i'm like an airbnb that's yeah cool so you like that you think airbnb is deficit so that's certainly going to be probably one of the biggest ones that's going to happen i think in 2020 we don't know for sure if it is but it, the the likelihood is pretty high because it I think it was gearing up for 2019 and for Well, I think reason, it's, it's it smart not to 2019 because, um, again, IPO, it, it depends on the market having an appetite for IPOs and investing in yeah. it. And if you're one of the later ones to list in the year, um, you know, the market could kind of be exhausted and not really interested in getting involved. So yeah, right. represent the stock going down. And I think WeWork was an example of that. They were geared up for a big, massive IPO and yeah. they just absolutely flopped. Oh, they, they tanked. Investors yeah. were just sick to death of IPOs and, yep. and hyperinflated companies without any revenue. Well, that was actually what I was going to say was, yeah, I think there was a lot of, and WeWork has come out, a lot of people are saying the valuation is crazy for what they do. I mean, they're not making any money. They're not actually, 
you know, they're not really doing what what investors like to see with companies. Yet they were given this crazy valuation. Mm-hmm. Airbnb is, a, I think, is a bit over a billion, so it is a unicorn. But yeah. um, I think it's fair to say Airbnb has proven itself. And for me, just very anecdotally, I look at the fact that people people talk about Airbnb. It's a verb as much as it's it is a noun, and that's a really good <laughs> sign. You know, like Netflix and chill. It becomes something greater than what it is. Yeah. And when it gets into the psyche like that, um, to me. That is a company that that is going to be around for a long time. It's not to say there isn't uh, going to be competition, but if you think of people who are Facebooking and all the rest of it, it's that same concept of Facebook is still Facebook going very strong. It's, it's in the, it's in the psyche, you know, <laughs> as opposed to people lifting like Lyft or maybe Uber is slightly different. But you know, I would say for me that's a really good sign. Uh, so that's a really interesting one. That's definitely a big one. The next one is slightly different. Um, for anyone that's um, ever looked to buy stuff very cheap online, there's Alibaba is a vast, it's a Chinese-owned, uh, Jack Ma owns it. It's a, uh, it's in effect a marketplace for everything you'd want under the sun from, you know, from clothes to cars to uh, things to make ice cream, as I was looking at. Um, at one point, just to see if I could get an ice cream, like a commercial ice, ice cream. Well, no, but of these course. are like these amazing, like, and they're nothing. They're like a grand, and it's like, you know, you can produce like 70 litres an hour of ice cream. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'd love that, mate. I'd love that. I'd love that. But uh, <laughs> so really interesting. Alibaba has a... Um, a payment company called Alipay, which is actually everywhere. In Australia here, you'll see it all over the place. Yeah. In China, it's massive. The company that, that, that owns that, or, or that, or that, sorry, that, that runs that, that pay service and financial, they're looking at, at running an IPO. And I think this is a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, huge market share already. Obviously, they've tapped into the Chinese market. Um, huge amount of power with Ali, AliExpress and Alibaba, who are who are now you know equivalent in size to a lot of the other big marketplaces. Yeah. What's your sort of feeling on that particular IPO? Um, I reckon I'd just chuck money at that blindly, to be honest. Yeah, almost have it as a spec because it, it's it's going to be a consequence of success. If Alibaba does well, then they've got to do well. Oh, they're, they're processing the transactions. I yeah. think, and I That'd think huge. No, definitely. And for me as well, there's this new, we're beginning to see, we had the first generation of sort of payment providers, principally PayPal, and then Stripe came up, and there's a couple of others. We're now seeing, I think, this next generation, which a lot of it is phone-based payments. Yeah. I see Visa and the likes are running on this, but Alipay does this. PayPal has now moved to this system. There's Google Pay. Then there's still be um, Facebook, I understand, will have some sort of a payment provider as part of their um, currency that they're going to be um, setting up next year. To me, there's this this world of payment providers is going to be massive because more and more people are paying by their phone. They just want instant pay. They don't want to have to pull out a card or whatever it is. Yeah. And I think there's a, yeah. there's a huge opportunity for people to jump on. It's And it's still relatively early in this particular sphere. Obviously, PayPal has been around a long time. But there's a lot more room for these companies to grow. And you'd say exactly, if Alibaba, which is one of the, the biggest marketplaces for lots of stuff in the world, if that's going to be doing well, Alipay is the principal way that they, they pay. But they're also expanding, I think, this particular company, which is Ant Financial, and they also have an investment fund and an online bank. So oh, they're yeah, so they've got this incredible <laughs> power. You can only see them going up, and I think you're right. You'd you'd be crazy not to put money in some sort of money Just in on it, to be honest. Fun. If they, if they get into um, WeChat, that uh, social media platform, oh, particularly big in, in, um, in China, yeah, and you can buy and sell stuff on there. Yeah. Um, and if they get into that's, that, oh, that's a game changer for them, but that's serious. Yeah. yeah, serious, serious money. And the next one is also another Chinese company. We were briefly talking about it. 
Didi Chuck Singh, which is a ride share. It's Didi is the ride share that you get in Australia. Yeah. I don't know if it's in the US. Um, Not yes. Sure, um, I'd skip it. I had a brief look, and their only advantage seemed to be around price. Yeah, I okay. think they were cheaper, and they may have paid their drivers a bit more. Yeah, um, but okay. Pricing's yeah. never a good reason for me to jump on board anything. No, no, no. That's that's, and I'm with you on that. I think uh, Uber showed last year that ride sharing world. There's a lot of competition now. Um, I, I, I'm not really sort of massively feeling it. This company doesn't have a huge, doesn't seem to have a huge amount of reach. Um, I'm not sure if it's in the US. It may be, but it would only be very limited in the US. It would be yeah. limited in Australia, you know, maybe New Zealand, and then in China. But I'm not, yeah, I'm not seeing that sort of real exciting opportunity. So I'm with you on that. Um, the next one that I thought was quite interesting is Hemptown. So um, Vol, you know, CBD, the cannabinoid oil and things. That's that's we've spoken. We've we've spoken about that before. Um, pot stocks, and there is you know, potential opportunity in that. What these guys are doing is actually something slightly different, which is more of the cosmetic side of things. So it's a cosmetic additive, um, and they've produced through cannabinoid oil um, a treatment for eczema and psoriasis, so it's a skin treatment. So it's it's very much more on the cosmetic side, but it's through, it is that sort of cannabis-based product. Yeah. Um, now, these these guys, Hemptown, are the largest providers of this particular product in North America. Um, and they are talking about um, yeah a uh, an IPO in 2020. Um, it's one that you know I would like to learn more about because it's quite a unique sort of placing where they are. They're a bit of a leader in their field. If the field takes off, they're in a position to take advantage of that. The yeah. problem is we don't know if it will take off. If 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 actually you know the the skin treatment side of of cannabinoid oil is something that there is there is value and there is potential in that. Yeah. That's my thing with the whole cannabis stuff. I don't understand the difference between, um, you know, what the different components of it do. Yeah. Um, so I find that hard to sort of comprehend. Um, and I don't know how they can substantiate their claims. They say that there's these different parts, there's these different outcomes. Uh, whether that's, you know, has that been researched? Is that something that they've still got to get approved? Yeah. I think it's all really, um, yeah, sort of difficult. And we look at the Canadian and US market and even... Um, have been legalized over there, um, the cannabis, that, that industry hasn't performed as well as they thought it. It hasn't. No, I agree. Uh, and I was actually talking to um, someone who will remain nameless, uh, but it was <laughs> one of my other clients, and he said, it was a good point, he said, what they need to do is if they've distributed it out there, um, like you have to go to pharmacies and stuff, which I think you might have to, to, yeah, to get it. To get it, yeah. He said that it's not the same customer experience. He said, you've got to have it like a barista. You know how you get that really passionate yeah. coffee maker, and like, oh, we just got this new blend in. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, this. It's going to be yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, trying yeah. it. Yeah. What is that? What like Colorado's like that? Where you go into the stores and it's it's they've got them there, and you have a chat with someone. And he's like, oh, try this. We'll do this, and this will make you feel that. That works. That, yeah. That yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. Interesting. At which point, I'd probably look at the retail chains that are um, putting it in there. I think it's it's early days. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, for me, that industry is too complex to. Um, yeah, yeah, it'd be pretty close to sort of gambling, I think. No, okay, no, that's good. So there you go. So probably say no on that one. Um, this is a really interesting one, um, and I'm not. I'm kind of fifty fifty in how you play this. Saudi um, Aramco. So this is the Saudi Arabian oil company. Sure. Which is the biggest oil company in the world. They're yeah. looking at doing an IPO in two thousand in twenty twenty. Wow. So does it say what market is it? There? Um, is is going to be in the US? Um, okay. 
their valuation, uh, well, this is, is around and about 1.5 trillion, as you'd expect. Um, 1.5 trillion? Yeah. That would be the biggest company in the world. Well, it's the biggest oil company in the world, so it would be the biggest company in the world, yeah. Wow. Well, it's Saudi Arabia. They've got yeah. vast reserves of oil. So how do you play that? Is this one where you go, you have to, or is this one where you go, oh, I don't know, because there's a lot of uncertainty politically there. Are you going to have all these issues and decisions being made? Because I, it, this is, I assume this is a state, it's a state company. It's not a private company. So yeah. they're, they're driven by the Saudi Arabian uh, royal family. Uh, who just and you know, and then there's OPEC, which will make decisions on production and things like that. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know how. I know you you don't really it's, touch. You don't really go too much into into oil or gas or those sorts of no. I don't, I don't know. No, no, no. no this one, it could be a good hedge. I mean, um, against US stuff because uh, we've seen before uh, oil prices went up massively uh, because there was um, you know a whole heap of political stuff that went on. So it could be a good hedge against that. Obviously, yeah, if oil right. prices go up, we're going to do well. Yep. The, the thing I'd look at, though, is what their accounting principles are like, what their, um, you know, how ethical their business operations are. Yes. Um, and, and that's what I do with every country, um, yeah. you know, external to Australia, because I know the accounting principles well here. Um, and, and that's one of the biggest risks of the Chinese market, because there, there's a lot of sort of dodgy, what we call dodgy stuff here. So if we've got those people making decisions, we want to make sure it's done in a, a clear way where they're yep. profiting from yep. it and the shareholders are still yep. still making money. But it's very, yeah, very interesting. Uh, the question is, if it IPOs at $1.5 trillion, where's it go from there? Well, that's yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, what, what do we got? Apple? Um, well, was Apple is at what? Uh, it's at a trillion, trillion isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I don't is, know if it's there now, but it touched that, but I, I maybe be on that now. But that's the only one. Maybe Alphabet, but the way they've broken up Google, possibly not. I don't know. Yeah, so it'd be one and a half. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting. interesting. You, you'd, you'd look at it and go, oh, that's, you know, there's a hell of an opportunity. It's a very rare to get something like yeah, that. Where's, where's oil seat in the electronic well, this car is, movement? Th- this is the thing you see as well, is for me, I don't, you'd almost want to go in, in a shorter time frame, but the problem is, is as you say, I mean, the the production is controlled by the Saudi family and by OPEC. Like what they're so how they're, the amount of money they make isn't controlled by the company. They're I suspect a, they're like a production facility for yeah, okay. other people to make the decisions. Is my understanding of how it works. Yeah. So the question then is, well, yeah, you know, there's risk there. Is that risk worth taking? But also, I agree. Um, how much bigger can it get? Is it? Yeah, that's one point five trillion. Well, how much bigger can it get? To triple your investment, it's got to go to four and a half trillion. Absolutely, exactly. At a time when electric cars are becoming, you know, more and more, I don't know. My take would be, I wouldn't personally. I think let's just... be crazy. When at least let's short it. <laughs> <laughs> so you take the mortgage and go short. Uh, you could do that. <laughs> Actually, we should do a. Um, we should do a, a Brexit. Um, we should do a Brexit podcast. Actually, that, that's a good uh, segue. Yeah. Because that's an interesting economy to look into for twenty twenty. Oh yeah. Is, oh, uh, if they get Brexit sorted out, yep. uh, when that calm happens, um, you could see a good rise in stocks there. Yep. When things are yeah a bit more predictable. No, definitely. I, I think we should cover that. Actually, we should do one before do the end of the year. Yeah, 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 I think before be. the end of the year. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. And, and shorting the market, that side of stuff as well. Um, so the final one here that I want to talk about again is another interesting one. Um, and it's there's a, there's a couple of big US, non-US sorry stocks. And I suppose it, it reflects 
the how the the sort of tech world has spread outside of Silicon Valley, and we know yeah. Australia, there are sort of companies. What we're seeing now, China, um, this this one's India. So there's these great massive economies. You sort of expect this stuff to happen, and we're now beginning to see these sorts of growth in these companies happening. So this one is is called Droom, and it's another marketplace, online marketplace for things like cars, motorcycles, scooters, airplanes. So it's it's a lot of um, uh, vehicles and stuff. Um, my understanding is a very quick look into it. It is a, it, it's a, I mean, when you think of marketplaces, it's not Gumtree. It's, it's a vast marketplace of, yeah. of a huge amount. And so it's, 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 it's for buying and selling vehicles yeah, of every yeah. type and on Creed and old, new, whatever it may be. So they're actually, they're looking at listing on the NASDAQ exchange and they were going to list in 2021 and they were, they're actually going to, the understanding is they're going to bring it to 2020. Um, is always one that really interests me. I just, I see such potential growth. We've spoken before about telecoms companies. I think yeah. like twenty percent of the country is is serviced by by internet providers, and you know potential opportunities for companies like that. Companies like this as well. You've got this increasing middle class in India, a vast population. They're very tech sort of interested on switched so, on, yeah. and you sort of look at a company like this and you wonder is this is this worth a punt? But then comes in the same things you're speaking of. I have to say I don't know about the accountancy practices in India. I don't know. I suspect they're probably, um, you know, better than they are in China. Yeah. And I'm not, I just don't know those, the answers. So that would be a, a big if as to whether it's worth doing. Well, it comes down to another thing, how they make their money. Is it a click of the ticket? Do they take a percentage of sale? Is yep. the first thing I'll have a look at? Because obviously if, if the economy goes down and there's less listings and there's less profit because they're less sales. Yep. Um, so that always impacts it. And also the size of the listing. If you go from listing a second hand, Audi for 70k to secondhand Toyota for 25 yeah, um, yeah then, then their revenue model will, will take a hit that way as well yeah so I'd look for multiple revenue streams um, in the company but no it's, it's definitely interesting worth, worth more research at, I think so there's, there's going to be these emerging stocks these emerging companies well they're not really emerging they're actually massively successful it's just we don't hear them in the western world yeah. so you know and I think I think for investors that are looking for opportunity to me, India is one that does potentially have that. Like I said, my understanding is the accountancy and the financial practices are are you know probably m more sound than they are in China. In fairness, um, and there is a lot of very big companies. They are very tech focused. There are a lot of tech companies there, and obviously you've got that population, that mid burgeoning middle class. All these kind of things coming together, you think there is opportunity in there. Yeah, so makes sense. I, I think that's one to look into. Seems good. Awesome. Like you said, India's growing market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, that's a bit of a snapshot of where we think 2020. Obviously, a couple of IPOs in there, an election thrown in. We don't like to cover too much in too much detail in every podcast. So that gives you a bit of a flavor and hopefully gives you a bit of stuff to look into because I'm going to look into a couple of those as well. Yeah, sure. What we're going to do, I think, throughout the years, we're going to pick up on some of those IPOs as we as we get a bit of dates on, on some of the big ones. Coverage, and I think, yeah, yeah we're going to do a bit, a bit of like sort of semi-live coverage just to give people a sense of where things are at because obviously what we don't know now is the final valuation, things like that. However, um, hopefully that gives you a bit of a feel for what's coming up. Um, and thank you all for listening as always. Don't forget to just check in the link um, go onto our website. We've actually got a new website. It's looking really, really smick. Pretty polished. Uh, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, we've got all our sort of products in there. Um, all the stuff that you can look at, and you can just get it, get in touch with us. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, so just reach out if you've got any questions. It's heaps of people in the Facebook group chatting. So yeah, it's really good. Ask questions. Figure it out. Yep. On. And um, we've got a new uh, new offer. Um, if people are looking to get some ideas or don't have time to analyze stocks themselves. 
Um, I've got a, a monthly um, newsletter where I analyze five stocks in, in deep detail. So I'll go into the valuation, I'll go into their growth, have a look at their dividends, um, and have a look at uh, insiders buying, whether the CEO is buying stock. Um, we covered Tesla a few months ago, and Elon Musk had bought $55 million worth of stock in the last 12 months, and we've seen those guys. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that was a surprise, but to us it, it wasn't in particular because that's always a good sign that a yeah, company's about to do really well. Yep. Um, so that's called our cheeky edge. Um, you know, we're covering and doing the work for you. That's at cheekyinvestor.com forward slash cheeky edge. And as I said, five stocks each month go to deep detail, yeah. and it's a blend between US and Australian stocks as well. It's savage detail. And uh, we'll put a link in. So have a click through, have a read of all that stuff. If you're going to get into stocks, now's the time. There's going to be lots of change in 2020. And um, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, take action. Now's the time, honestly, to get into it. Because in the next couple of months, we're going to be leading to lots of things that are going to be happening. And I think it's well worth both keeping an eye on the podcast, but also starting to get your education up. So thanks again for listening. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, catch you next time.